and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Greco, or LDG, as you may know already. Before we dive into the episode, I have a few announcements to make. The FIFA series will be postponed as for general reasons that will not be disclosed. I just want to let you guys know there will be no more FIFA episodes coming out on the podcast. Now, let's get into the episode. Okay. So, you probably saw the headline already, but today's episode is a big one. The U.S. Women's National Team is coming to Colorado, Utah, at least, yeah, Utah, and they are playing a game in the home state of Sophia Smith, Lindsey Horan, and Jalen Howell, and many, many more, including Mallory Pugh. So, there's four U.S. Women's National Team hometown players going to Colorado to play this friendly against Columbia today. We know this U.S. Women's National Team has gone through a lot of injury problems, so it's a different team. You may not be familiar with many of the names, but I still believe that this team is going to do well. In the CONCACAF Women's World Cup qualifiers, which is also serving as a purpose for the 2024 Paris Olympic qualifiers. So, let's dive right in. Alright, so we know these friendlies, they don't necessarily mean too much. They don't have too much of an impact on like if the it's not life or death if they lose however you would like um most likely you don't you would want us to win of course you know this is a big game obviously we want to win no matter what even you know if it is just a friendly so i'm gonna go just i'm gonna make a little i'm gonna so i obviously last time we played columbia we crushed them, right? There's no way around it. We absolutely crushed them, which was great. But I think the other thing is, is we don't necessarily want to be like absolutely destroying teams. We want competitive matches against good teams. And I think that these friendlies are just going to be serving as a purpose. You know, it is a rotated team, right? There are a lot of, again, unfamiliar faces for some people. There's a lot of new people to the U.S. Women's National Team that you may or may have not heard of, as I mentioned earlier. But let's dive right in. So first, I did an episode on the roster. So you can listen to that one. It's, I believe, episode eight. So that was specifically on the roster of the U.S. Women's National Team. So, yeah, these friendlies are going to be featuring a few additional players. I mean, I'm going to just go over a few of them. So Sam Coffey is not going to be playing on this um, in the, uh, in the like, qualifying tournament. However, she is going to be taking part in the friendlies alongside with Carson Pickett, who's another player who got called up that is not taking part in the friendlies as well. I mean, who's not taking part. So the friendly squad is 26 women. Has to get cut down to 23 for the Women's World Cup qualifying and Women's Olympic qualifying. So the three on the on the friendly rosters that are not able to play in the qualifying rosters are Sam Coffey of the Portland Thorns, Carson Pickett of the North Carolina Courage, and Jalen Howell of Racing Louisville FC. So those three, I expect to see get some minutes, you know, uh, in these friendlies since they obviously can't get minutes in the qualifiers. So you'll want to get to see them play. Howell is from Colorado. I'm sorry. Yes, from Colorado itself. 
So it'll be nice for her, a good homecoming to the team. So yeah, I'm just going to go over. I first think the score prediction, it could be like 6, 7, 8, 0. I don't think it's going to be that competitive. I think it could be a bit of a blowout. So yeah, that's just my opinion. If you want to catch this match and you are watching in the United States of America, it will be at 7.30 Eastern time, again, at Dick's Sporting Goods Park in Commerce City, Colorado. You can watch it on FS1. And for my overseas viewers, I know we've got a few in Italy, you will be able to be looking at them. I, I'm not sure exactly where you can watch it in Italy or if it's accessible, but we'll see. I'll try and, if you would like, there's a lot of resources on the U.S. soccer website I know that tell you a lot about where you are in the world and how you can watch them play. So I'm going to go over at first like who I think could be the one to make this U.S. team, like the starting 11. So for the friendlies tonight, it's going to be rotated. I don't really see Nair starting necessarily. Again, these are just, I'm going to be doing another episode on the CONCACAF Women's World Cup qualifying, which will be focusing on all teams. But for the purposes of this episode, it's just about the two friendlies coming out. I will say I'm going to just, this lineup, it could be very random, but... I expect every one of these players on this roster to make an appearance between the two friendlies. And, you know, it's like friendlies. I don't really see the point of putting your best, like, 11 on paper every game. So, I think for the qualifying tournament in net, Nair will get the nod. You know, Murphy's been injured and Kingsbury has also been dealing with some injury problems this year. I know that she has been playing most of the games, but I just think Nair's in top-quality form, and they wouldn't have called her up if she wasn't going to be that starter in the Olympics. So, I mean, she was the starter in the Olympics last year. We saw it until she got injured. No AD French, which or Ashlyn Harris, which may surprise some, and no Jane Campbell. So that... In the Women's World Cup in 2019, the goalkeeping trio was Nair, Harris, and French. The Olympics last year, it was Nair, French, and Campbell. This year, it's Nair, Murphy, and Kingsbury. Murphy obviously did a really good job at the friendlies in Australia last year. She gets the nod, and Kingsbury is a all-around exceptional goalie. That's the main reason why she got she's gotten the nod. She's won multiple goalkeeper of the year awards in NWSL. So honestly, again, I'm, I'm just going to go over all the players in the positions. I could see her getting any of these three goalies getting the nod in these friendlies, you know, to rotate the squad, see who's the, your top keeper. But in reality, I do think that for those World Cup qualifying games, I think, and Olympic qualifying games, Nair will get the nod. You know, she has 80 appearances, which is a lot more than Murphy and Kingsbury, who only have five appearances combined. I mean, for a goal, they're, the Kingsbury is the older goalie, and she hasn't really made the national team. Murphy only has a lack of caps just due to her, you know, age. She's a younger keeper. But I mean, if you have a goal, if she's played, Nair has played 16 times more games than both of them combined. So I just see for the point of, you know, 
winning these qualifiers. I do see Nair as the top bully, although again, against some of the weaker sides, I could see rotation in the team, and that goes for everyone else. So for the defenders, in that left-back position, you have Pickett and Fox. For the friendlies, I think that Pickett will get the nod at left-back just because she's not going to be on that main team, but I do think that Fox will be that starting left back, you know, if no Crystal Dunn due to maternity leave for the U.S. with no other left backs on that qualifying roster. In the center, you have Alana Cook, Naomi Gurma, Becky Sauerbrunn, Emily Sonic can also play there as well. I would see as a younger, I think, again, it could go any way. I could see them starting in, against a team like Canada, someone like a Sauerbrunn for that veteran experience with an Emily Sonic. But I could also see them in their opening matches against Haiti in the qualifying tournament and tonight going with a younger center-back pairing with Cook and Gurma there. At right-back, we have Huerta and O'Hara. Again, I could see them nodding the spot to O'Hara for some of the games if O'Sauerbun isn't playing, as O'Hara has been the captain when Sauerbun has been absent. But I do think that Huerta will also get some nods. You know, she has 12 caps with the U.S. Women's National Team and two assists for them. But O'Hara has just so many experiences. 152 caps for the team with 20 goals. Uh, sorry, two goals and 20 assists. So I think O'Hara's the veteran leader that they'll need in that mid in that right back position. But O'Hara's another great choice. Again, a lot of these spots are coin flips over the two friendlies. There will definitely be rotated squads, and that's gonna be the main theme throughout all these picks. So yeah, a few players with no caps in the midfield. Korniak and Coffee both don't have any caps. Although, however, um, Coffee is just, you know, and Howell are just here for the um, purposes of the friendlies. So I could see both of them getting appearances. Haran and Lavelle are two of the most, ca- the two most capped midfielders for the U.S. with Sullivan and Mewis coming up, you know, third and fourth. Although I think that for the strongest midfield for the U.S. right now is Horan and Lavelle as your two midfielders. And then dropping back into that sixth position, the CDM role, I think Andy Sullivan will really grab that. But again, for these friendlies, I could see Coffee take the six up, you know, um... Jalen Howell could play the six. You could really see any rotation. You could also see, you know, maybe a player, like, maybe for the first game, they might be playing Coffee at the at the six and then Howell at the six in the next game. And you might see, like, Korniak and Sanchez start in those midfield positions. Again, it's just a matter of rotation. But the strongest midfield for me is Sullivan, Haran, and Lavelle. Moving up top, we have seven attackers on this team, all of whom are going to be on this main roster. We know the U.S. loves to bring in a lot of attackers, and this attack, many of these names you should be very familiar with. You know, Ashley Hatch won the golden boot in the NWSL last year. Alex Morgan, one of the most capped players on this roster, 190 caps to the U.S. women's national team, 115 goals, 45 assists, with 11 goals in 10 games in the NWSL, six of which have came against Gotham, FC. I could see her being that starting striker for these qualifiers. Although, again, however, rotation of squad is going to be key for Vlatko during these friendlies. I don't see him playing 
the same players in both games 90 minutes, you know. That just doesn't make sense for their friendly purposes. But again, I think that this best the best friend three he can do is Pew, Morgan, and Smith. I think that Hatch is a great striker to bring in off the bench, you know. Pew can play the wing position as as well as Rodman, whereas Hatch is more of a, you know, central, dynamic target women in the box. I think she'll be a great player to bring on off the bench. Morgan, again, will be a strike uh, striker that I assume will start in those, again, um, qualifiers. But again, in these friendlies, you really have no idea who's going to play. Lacko may just completely rotate his team for both games, and I'm just going to keep on touching on that because this starting lineup is not what I think is going to start necessarily in the game tonight. I think it's going to be the starting lineup in the qualifiers against the best teams, like, you know, a Canada or a Mexico. You may not see him play his, like, best starting 11 in against, you know, the first game against Haiti. I don't really see that because he has the depth in his team, even with all the injuries that have gone on to win against any team with his second team, I'd say, besides Canada or Mexico. Moving on, yeah, Morgan's a starter. Pugh has 72 caps for the team, 23 goals, 24 assists. Great striker, one of the best strikers in the NWSL right now for the Chicago Red Stars. I just see Morgan taking the striking role, striker role, but I could also see Pugh as a more... She's a more versatile player than Morgan. Morgan loves to play that nine, the striker. But Pew can also play out wide on the left or the right. A great versatile player. One of the more younger players on this team. Even though, yes, she may seem like a veteran being on this team since she was 16 years old. But she's still only 23. So she's got a lot of time to continue to blossom. Margaret Purse, another bright player. Three goals and three assists and her 14 caps with the U.S. Women's National Team. Playing for Gotham FC great player to have on your team she's so skillful she's very quick and that's going to be a very big key I think that she could be another player that they could bring in off the bench alongside Robin we'll talk about her later who has such just dynamic pace and against these other teams like Haiti for example in their group that don't really have necessarily the depth that the U.S. has I could see, like, as they get into the 80, 90th minute, Haiti just start to wear down and U.S. just bring on a bunch of subs just to continue to inflict scoring on the other teams. Megan Rapino, this is a big topic of conversation. She has 62 goals and 71 assists and 181, 187 appearances for the U.S. Women's National Team. She is their leader. I don't think that that comes without a doubt. You know, if Carly led retiring, she is the most... She and Morgan are the most experienced players on this team. However, I do believe that with all the press reports coming out, Megan's going to be playing almost a, for those who are baseball fans, you may understand this, a player-coach role. She's not going to be, like, sitting on the sideline all game, but she's going to be mainly instructing the younger players, you know, taking on a leadership role that may have been left with the absences of a Sam Mewis, who, again, younger players... That just, you know, with a younger team, you need a a veteran who can help instruct the rest of the team. And with a younger attack this year in the qualifiers, I just see Megan being one of those players that just really helps drive the team forward. And not necessarily ways that you will see as a fan, but, you know, as ways that you'll understand by watching the game. 
Moving on to Rodman, what the most promising player in U.S. soccer, period, men's or women's. She's 19 years old. She arguably is one of the best strikers in the world at this age. She's She was a little bit raw last year, but this year you can see how she's technically just improved so much. I really see her being one of those big subs again in the qualifiers. But again, in these friendlies, she probably will start. I'd want if I was Latko, I'd want to give her time alongside Sophia Smith, who is more experienced. You know, Rodman only has three appearances, whereas Smith has 15. Smith has produced four goals and three assists in those appearances. I could see Smith starting in these games, though. With the form that Sophia Smith is in with the Portland Thorns, she is just a dynamic goal scorer. And that's one of the things that I think she has a little bit of an edge up on Rodman. Rodman has more raw pace, which is really a thing that the U.S. loves to use. Pace, pace, pace. You saw that with Morgan. You've seen that with Pew. I think that that's why you need to get Rodman more game time. But at this moment, I just think that Sophia Smith is a little bit more of a complete player who can drop back, receive the ball, beat defenders on her with her feet. And yeah, so again, um, just to reiterate to everyone, the starting lineup that I see, the best starting lineup for the U.S. is Nair and goal. Fox at left back, O'Hara at right back. In the center back position, you have Sauerbrunn and Sonnet. This is all, again, experience. In the midfield, you have Sullivan playing the six, Haran and Lavelle in the midfield. And then up top, you have, from left to right, Pugh, Morgan, and Smith. But again, these friendlies are going to be a completely rotated squad. Every single match will be rotated, so I expect everyone on this roster on the 26-player roster to get minutes. So I don't really think this will necessarily be the starting lineup tonight, but I do think that everyone will play over the two friendlies before the qualifiers. So again, you can catch this game today on FS1. The U.S. play another game midweek against Colombia. You can also catch that one on ESPN, I believe. I will I will double-check that for you guys, but... I just wanted to say they will. the U.S. Women's National Team is in full force. They are a force to be reckoned with, and I don't see them losing one of these next few games. Like, they're just so naturally skilled, and although that may sound like a little bit of a insult, they just have so much talent. Like, they're just better than everyone else in the world, I believe. So, yeah. They will be playing again in another friendly. They'll be coming back after tonight's today tonight's match against the Col- Columbia. They will be playing again at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah, on on at 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. So just letting you guys know, they'll finish out that two-game series with a game midweek. Yeah, against at 10 p.m. Eastern Time in Utah, which you can, again, watch on ESPN. So thank you for listening to this episode. If you have any questions, please let me know. This is the base um, of it. But yeah, these are just two friendlies coming up as a preview for the um, World Cup qualifying and yeah, so that's kind of it for this episode. 
again, you can watch the U.S. Women's National Team play tonight at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on FS1, and you can watch them play on Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. So, let's wrap this episode up. Thank you so much for listening, and peace out from your host, L.D.G.